Hallelujah. We're back for healing and miracles today. <clears throat> I want to cover some questions. You know, it's okay to ask questions. It's good. Um, we're always growing in the word, growing knowledge, growing understanding. You know, one time I was sitting with a pastor. I preached at his church. And, and lots of miracles happened. I mean, we saw crazy stuff. We saw the blind, the deaf here. We saw people who had crooked spine. And the Lord, you know, made it good in front of everybody. We saw all kinds of healings. We prayed for a man that had a piece of his muscle missing because of an accident. I prayed for him in the name of Jesus. He went to the doctor and a brand new muscle was created on his leg. So... He saw all these kind of crazy miracles happening and crazy stuff happening. And the anointing was flowing. The power of God was flowing. And he was like, oh, wow, that's, that's, a, that's a wonderful gift to have. That's what he told me. And, and yes, I, I do believe there's uh, some people are more inclined. They're, they're more gifted in the area of healing than others. And then he's like, but we cannot tell our people to pray for the sick. That's what he said. And I said, no, sir, you, uh, let me explain. So I told him like this. How many believe that there are people who are anointed to win souls, to, to throw the net and see lots of salvations, evangelists, you know, like, you know, Billy Graham was or, 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 or whoever you, you want to call it that had an anointing to evangelize and to see uh, salvations, T.L. Osborne and, and all this, you know, great men and women of God of the past and, and some great women of God today. You know, Reinhard Bonnke and, and all these others were evangelists who throw the net of salvation. And guess what? Boom. Thousands and millions of people got saved. Amen? Okay. Now, do you believe that, I told the pastor, do you believe that the janitor of your church can win souls to Jesus? He says, of course. Of course he can. I said, that's right. That's awesome. I believe it too. Now, does that mean that he will be T.O. Osborne, no, but he can still he get the job done, even in a smaller scale, but he can still get the job done of preaching the gospel and seeing people come to Jesus, testifying, being a witness for the Lord. Can he do that? And, and, and he agreed with me. He's like, of course, anybody can win souls to Jesus. That's what the pastor said. Anybody who believes can win souls to Jesus. You just speak it out as the gospel. It's going to happen. And I said, okay, that's awesome. You believe that. So why can't believers pray for the sake too? And it's like, and he kept thinking, oh, that's interesting. That's what he said. He said, you know, you see, you believe for salvation that there are people who are anointed to throw the net, evangelists anointed by the Lord to see masses saved by the power of God. But you also believe that the, the smallest believer, if we can say like that, can also win souls to Jesus. So why can't you believe that people in the body of Christ can also pray for the sick and see them healed? Does not mean they're going to be like Theo Osborne. Does not mean that they're going to be like a crusade preacher. But it means that they're going to be a witness for the Lord also in the area of healing and miracles. Understanding their authority because the authority is in the name of Jesus. So he's like, wow, that's very interesting. It kind of like challenged him a little bit. Because he had a preconceived idea that healing is something for only the special few. And then all others are just spectators to watch. But let me tell you what. We've seen people in our ministry that travel with us in mission trips. They have never prayed for anybody. 
and we told them, we taught them on the word of God. We taught them uh, saying, you have authority in the name of Jesus, and you have an anointing. We pray for them. They are, we're under our covering as well. And after we release them to go, and they pray for the sick. They saw deaf ears pop open. They said tumors disappear. They saw the power of God healing people through their own hands and through their own praying because it's all about the name of Jesus. So I want to tell you, you are called to pray for the sick and see them recover in Jesus' name. Amen? If you can lead people to Jesus to be saved, you can, you can pray for them to be healed. Which one is easier, if you can say that way? Of course, I mean, how can you compare that? But if you can lead people to eternal salvation through the name of Jesus Christ, which is the most serious thing ever to be saved from hell and receive the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, how much more healing, which is physical, in the body amen so god can use you and not only he can but he wants to use you to bring healing to others so don't let the idea that for you to be using healing you need to be the tv preacher otherwise god cannot use it in healing that's not true that's a life from the pit of hell god wants you to be used by him in healing if someone is sick and they're willing to receive prayer you have authority in the name of jesus christ to lay hands on them and declare healing over them i'm going to be also teaching about how to pray for the sick too because some people are not educated how to pray for the sick so this is not for the class for today but just i'm going to be teaching how to flow when you're ministering to the sick because some people they pray like this come here if you're sick, come here. Oh, Lord, if it be thy will, just, you know, heal them. You know? Lord, I never know if you're going to heal them, but just i never seen Jesus praying like that. As a matter of fact, Jesus never prayed for the sick. He never prayed. You want to write a book on the prayers of Jesus for the sick? There's going to be a short book. <laughs> it's not going to be like long prayers. It's going to be like, Eyes open, ears open, stretch forth your hand. That's how, how many remember the, the man with the shriveled hand? He was there like this, standing in the synagogue, just said, come here. And Jesus was so well known as a healer that it was a Sabbath. People were like, is he going to heal them? Why? Because they already expected Jesus to heal because that's all he did all the time. That's what he did all the time. He did it so much, he did it so much that... When he showed up, people were like, he's going to heal people. They already knew that he was up to something about healing. Why? Because he was distributing healing everywhere. Wherever he went, he was releasing his life, his power, his nature is to heal. His nature is to bring about healing, restoration, salvation, deliverance. He was releasing the river of life. He was releasing the power of God everywhere he went. There was virtue. People touched him. Why? Because power was coming out of him. He was so anointed that even his clothes had power. Because the lady said, if I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. So Jesus was, was healing flowing everywhere. To the point that they're like, is he going to heal him? Why? They already expected he was going to heal him because they kind of knew already what he was up to. Now talk about today's church. To heal a headache, people are like, oh my goodness. You know, someone got healed of headache. Praise God. I mean, praise God for the headache. If it's your headache, you're going to praise God too. But what I'm saying is people get so far off, they don't see any kind of healing manifest ever. I mean... Talk about Jesus. Jesus was passing by everywhere he went. Signs follow him. Wonders follow him. Miracles followed him. So they look at him and 
the guy with the shriveled hand and said, come, come here. And he said, stretch forth your hand. That's it. That was the prayer of Jesus. It doesn't sound truly spiritual. He didn't go like, Father, I pray. If it is, if you're in a good mood today, Father, I pray. <laughs> if you're in a good mood today, if you're up to something, just I pray right now. Please, if it be thy will, let this guy be healed. No, no, he said, oh, you know what? Stretch forth your hand right now. We've seen a lot of deaf people being healed by the power of God. And I've learned that. I'm going to teach you that as well. I, I, I learned to take authority over that and say, in the name of Jesus, ears open right now in Jesus' name. Boom. The majority, majority of, of deaf people healed. A large percentage healed completely. When you go on, on crusades and meetings, I say that for the glory of God. But if someone is not healed of deafness, it's the exception. For the glory of God, most of them, majority of them are, are healed by the power of God in Jesus' name. But I've learned that you got to take authority over sickness in the name of Jesus. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going we're gonna to continue here. I want to, you to go with me to the book of Isaiah. Chapter 53, verse 4, which is the scripture that was saying on the previous video that Jesus came to fulfill it. He says, surely he took up our infirmities. Look what he says. Surely. Why did he say surely? Because he wants you to be secure on that. For sure he took up our infirmity. It's not maybe. It's not one day. It's for sure. For sure. Surely. The author here the, in the book of Isaiah, he's, he's, he wants the people who are reading this to have the assurance that he took up our infirmities. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we consider him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was for, for whose, whose transgressions? He was crushed. The punishment that brought us peace was upon and by his wounds we are Listen, but he starts this with surely. Surely. So how many, how many believe with all your heart that Jesus took your sins on the cross of Calvary? Lift your hand right now. You believe with all your heart. Your sins were taken there. You know Isaiah here, inspired by the Holy Ghost, wants you to have the same assurance by your sickness too. Surely. In the same way that you believe that your sins were taken away, you must develop your faith to believe that Jesus took your sickness as well. And let me tell you something, my friend. Everything in the kingdom of God happens through faith. The problem with the church is this. 
the church is afraid of teaching that. People say, I don't want to give false hope. No false hope. We're preaching the gospel. The gospel is the power of God. If you teach people to believe this, something will shift. Something will change. I've seen so many people healed once they got a hold of this truth. The number of healings, I'm telling you, when I preach this and teach this, the number of healings vastly increases. Greatly. I've taught this class in Finland. People are being healed of sickness they had for years. But they were never taught that way. Surely. For sure. Hallelujah. Surely he took up your infirmities, your sickness, your diseases. Oh, surely. I am sure. I am fully convinced that he took up my infirmities, your infirmities on the cross of Calvary. He took it up upon himself. The punishment. Now that's another, oh, hallelujah. That's another part to the, to the message here, to the teaching. How did sickness, if we don't understand something, how did sickness come into the earth? right do you believe that god created adam and said you know what adam is oh look at adam he's so he's so good now i'm gonna put some cancer on him right now <laughs> no oh look at this i'm gonna give him adam some diabetes for him to enjoy his life no i'm gonna make him crippled no blind deaf no what happened look look at this the Bible says that man was created the image and likeness of God. Amen? Is God sick? He doesn't have sickness on him, right? I mean, he's, he's pretty healthy. <laughs> so, I mean, man was created perfect. There was no fear. There was no anxiety. There was no sickness. There was no disease. There was no curse. There was, everything was perfect. Oh, man, Adam really messed up, right? <laughs> so everything was perfect. Everything was clear. Everything was, what did God say? The, the moment you eat of this fruit, fruit, you shall surely die. What happened? The moment he ate of the fruit, the process of death began to operate on mankind. And the Bible says that, you know, the curse came upon the earth. And, and, and the earth was cursed because of, the, of man's sin. So, the, I want you to understand this. The root of sickness as it came on the earth was because of sin. Now, I'm not saying that everyone who is sick right now are living in sin. But I'm saying the original root of everything tracing back to the garden. It started right there. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that if someone is sick in your family if, if you're sick then you're living in sin or you no that's not what i'm saying but i'm saying the root of sickness is traced back all the way to the garden to sin right so in a way we can say that sickness is a, is a consequence of sin so sickness and sin they are related they're in the same family amen you understand that what i'm saying they're they're brothers and sisters Amen? Sin and sickness. How many know that Jesus came to pay for our sins? And sickness is a consequence of? So he paid for the sin. And if the sin is wiped away, then what happened? The consequence of sin is wiped away as well. 
Remember the guy who came, he came, he's a, he was a paralytic. And they brought him on the roof. And they broke the roof and the guy came in Mark chapter 2. They brought the guy to Jesus and Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. And the people were thinking, oh, that's so easy. I mean, how can, how can his sins are forgiven? Only God can do that. Jesus said, you know what? I know you guys thinking, you don't fool me. Jesus was not naive as people think he was. He knew men. The Bible says he was not deceived by any man because he knew men's hearts. So he saw everything. He still sees everything. So, <laughs> so he saw into the hearts. He had the ability by the Spirit to see in people's minds and hearts. And he saw what they were thinking and said, you know what? I know what you guys are thinking. You guys are thinking that I, I, I say you're forgiven. But what is easier to say you're forgiven of your sins or to bring about this man out of this condition? Now, so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, I tell you, man, get up, get your mat, and walk. And the Bible says he got up, walked in full view of them all, and everybody was so impressed. They had never seen anything like that. Let me tell you something. Over there in that passage of Scripture, we see Jesus dealing both with the problem of sin and sickness at the same time. First he said, your sins are forgiven. He dealt with the sin of men. Then he said, you know what? I dealt with your sin. I'm going to deal with your sickness. Be healed right now. Send up and get up and walk. So on the cross, Jesus dealt with sin, and he dealt with the consequence of sin. The first Adam, he came to disobey the Lord, and that's why he fell, and sickness and curse and everything bad came onto the earth. Now Jesus came to redeem us. You know what the word redemption means? The word redemption means to buy back. That's what it means. You can write this down. If you're watching this, get a notebook. Write it down. Write it down. Redemption means to buy back. He came to buy back what God had given Adam. That's what the Bible calls Jesus the second Adam. Amen? In the book of Romans, you can read that. Calls Jesus the second Adam. He came to redeem us to bring redemption to buy back what was stolen from us he came to buy back you know he came to buy back our healing and restoration and wellness and peace and joy and comfort and eternal security in the lord and relationship with god he came to buy back and healing is included in that so if you're sick in your body today you can say, Jesus, you paid for it. I want it. I want it. But you must believe with all your heart. Just like you believe for salvation. How many know you, you, you've come to the Lord and you repented of your sins and said, Lord, I believe you. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. But you've got to believe in your heart. Otherwise, the devil will always be accusing you. And say, no, he didn't forgive you. He has something against you. But you say, no, devil, I believed. The Word of God says, if you come to Christ, you'll be a new creation. The old things are, are gone. Uh, the, new thing, the new has come. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am a new creation. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So you can use the verse of the Bible. The same way you've got you to learn the verse of the Bible that concerns about healing and say, you know what? 
I'm going ha- to have my healing. And let me tell you something. Sometimes you go through some battles because the Bible calls the devil a thief. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, but I have come to give you life and life in. So the thief wants to steal healing from you. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to steal your joy. And he'll try to fight you and say, I'm going to put this on you. But you're going to say, no, I know Jesus paid. You get out of here. I show the receipt. I'm going to be persistent. I'm going to fight you. But I'm going to put you to run, devil, in the name of Jesus. But you must understand that Jesus paid for it. Otherwise, you have no basis of faith. You understand that? One of the greatest teachers in, in, about healing, you know, called F.F. Bosworth. How many have heard, have heard of him? Uh, he had a, had a book about healing, powerful. There are some books I want to recommend besides, besides my book. <laughs> you can get my book. It's, it's really good. Amen. But you can also get some wonderful books on healing. T.L. Bosworth has a wonderful book that I really, really, really enjoyed called Healing, healing the Sick. Have heard of that book, Healing the Sick, by T.L. Osborne. It's amazing. So, um, yeah, and Kenneth Hagin has some good material on that, too. I mean, there are other men of God that has wonderful. But F.F. Bosworth said something really interesting. He said, faith begins where the will of God is known. I want to say that again. He said like this, faith begins where the will of God is known. Writing down. I'm going to give you some time. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Let, let me tell you something. How did you come to salvation? Someone talked to you, preached to you, or, you know, something happened in your life that you came to know. You came somewhere, some way, or another, for every person is different. I mean, someone, a pastor preached to you, or someone God convicted you, or, or someone uh, you saw on TV, or whatever testimony you may have. Somewhere along the line, you came to know that Jesus Christ is the Savior, right? So what happens? Faith came into your heart. You received the knowledge from the Spirit. The will of God was revealed to you. I want to save you. I'm the Savior of the world. I'm the Lord of your life and your Savior. And guess what happens? Faith was born into your heart. It said, I believe in you, Jesus. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. You ran to the altar. You prayed with a friend. You, whatever, you prayed in the room. Whatever you did. But somewhere along the line, you received the knowledge. And that knowledge brought about faith, which brought about your salvation. Does that make sense? So faith begins where the will of God is known. You, you, you receive knowledge that God was willing to save and He loved you. For God so loved the world, He loves you so much. You heard Jesus loves you. So you believed on it. So faith begins where the will of God is known. Same with healing. Many people are suffering today. They don't know there's a solution. They don't know the sickness was paid for on the cross of Calvary. It was completely paid for in full, 100%. Not halfway. Not installments. It was paid for in full. Jesus paid the cross. Guess what happens? When they learn that and they receive a revelation, their spirit, faith begins to operate. And then they can receive because everything in the kingdom happens through faith. Without faith, it is impossible 
So if the first thing you need to understand is what scripture say. Why? Because it will build your faith. So the scripture says, he took up our infirmities, he carried our sorrows, yet we consider him stricken by God and smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Guess what happens? When you are receiving that, you are receiving knowledge that by his stripes you are healed. You are receiving, so faith begins right there. Faith begins right there. Jesus said, if you believe, you'll see the glory of. But your faith must start somewhere. Where? With the knowledge of God's word. With the knowledge of who he is. With the knowledge of who your Savior is. Amen? Praise God. Let's, let's, let's continue. In the Old Testament, we had some, some pictures about what Jesus was going to bring. How many know that the Old Testament was a prophetic picture of what was to come? The Bible talks about these things being shadows of the things that were to come. So when you read the Old Testament, you got to always have some point of contact with where you are right now. Otherwise, you'll be like many believers who live in the Old Covenant. They're living right now, but they're reading the Old Testament. They're living right there. Amen. How many know you can eat pork today? Amen. How many know you don't need to keep the Sabbath? Amen. <laughs> Some people look at me, really? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can eat shrimp. You can have some nice shrimp, amen, and lobster. I like, go to Red Lobster and have it. It's okay. Amen. What I'm saying is this. You got to really understand that the Old Testament had a lot of things that were shadows and pictures of what was to come. And we can learn so much from it because it exemplifies a lot. So I want you to go with me to Numbers 21. Numbers 21. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Numbers 21. Verse 4. Numbers 21, verse 4. I'm going to read this passage of scripture because I want to relate it to Jesus. They traveled from Mount Hor along the route of the Red Sea to go around at Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the desert? There's no bread, there's no water, and we detest this miserable food. <laughs> Look at this. The people are like, man, you know why we, we hate this. Why are you doing this? Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, we sinned 
when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a, a pole. Then when anyone was bitten, say anyone. By a snake and look at the bronze snake he lived. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Now look at this. What was this what was the whole thing of the snakes biting them? Was was it punishment, right? Punishment. Why punishment? They were going against God. They were, they were they were rebellious on their hearts. So guess what happens? Punishment came after them. And people are like, oh my goodness, we're Everybody's dying here. People are being bit. Moses, please pray. Moses goes, Lord, what do I do now? God told him, build up a serpent of bronze. Set it on a pole. Whoever, whoever out of these people who are bit, who are punished, if they look and behold the serpent, they shall be healed and they shall live. It's amazing. Do you know what that pole represents? The cross. The cross. Do you know what the serpent represents? Jesus, the curse. The Bible says he was cursed for us on the cross of Calvary. So that serpent on the pole, the pole represents the cross. The serpent is the curse that came upon Jesus. And he said, put it up. And then anyone who looks at the serpent will be healed. In other words, they will be released from punishment. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? God was speaking about the sacrifice of Jesus way before. Way before. And he was relating it to healing right there. How do I know that? People look at the, at the serpent of bronze. Boom, they were healed. Power of God came on them. They were healed. Now, this was a prophetic picture of what Jesus was to accomplish. Now, if people look at the prophetic picture, the shadow of what's to come, and they beheld the serpent and they were healed, why can't we be healed if we look at the cross of Jesus Christ and receive healing where it comes from? We look at the cross. We focus on the cross. We preach the cross. And, oh, hallelujah, he paid for it. Then guess what? What it means to look and behold, it means focusing our attention upon. If you're going to look something, your attention has to be set there. If you're watching me here, but can you imagine, look at this. If you're here in the class, I'm not saying anybody's doing that, but I'm just saying, I'm giving an example. You're watching me here right now, but your phone is here right here. You're like, uh-huh, I'm here on Facebook, you know. What did the person say? Oh, let me go to um, Instagram, man. I'll watch some periscope here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying this. Guess what happens? You're not looking at me. I'm just giving an example here, right? No, nobody's doing that. Guess what happens? Your attention will not be focused. So therefore, you'll not be receiving from what I'm saying. Same thing at the cross. 
we're, we're not looking at the cross with expectancy of healing. We're saying, oh, you know what? It's, it's something outside the cross. It's, we're not paying attention. But the Bible says when they look at the serpent of bronze, when they, when they beheld, when they set their faces and their attention, guess what? They were healed. Same thing today. We must understand what the cross was all about. And it, it says, my healing is on that cross. It's there. It's there. It's nowhere else. It's on the cross. It's not magic. It's not gimmicks. It's not uh, some weird stuff. It's on the cross of Calvary. The reason why we preach the gospel and pray for the sick is because Jesus paid for it. That's why I can stand on a nation and say, you're going to be healed in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray for a blind eye. It's going to be healed. I'm going to pray for the deaf. It's going to be healed. I'm going to pray for tumors. They'll disappear. Why? Because I remember. I know that on the cross, I'm focusing my attention and letting people know you can look and behold. And the same Jesus that died on the cross is the same one that is here right now if you focus your attention you shall receive power to be healed from that cross now go to john chapter 3 i'm giving you some biblical examples are you getting these scriptures numbers 21 you got it you should have gotten it You're not setting your attention. Now, uh, <laughs> you're not looking at the, at the pole. <laughs> John chapter 3. Now I say, Hermes, but Hermes, maybe it's, you're just thinking too much. I mean, this whole thing of the serpent is being the, being the curse and the cross. I don't believe it. You don't believe me? You're going to believe now. Go to John chapter 3. Verse 14. John chapter 3, verse 14. Look what the Bible says. Jesus is speaking here. He said, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. He related right here in John chapter 3. He related that tracing back to Numbers 21. I didn't do that. Jesus did that. He said, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, what did the snake come to do? No, no, no. The, the, the serpent of bronze. Bring healing. Jesus is saying, just as. What does that mean when I say just as? In the same way as. In the same way that Moses lifted up the serpent. What did the serpent bring, came to do? Oh, come on, somebody. What did the serpent came to do? In the same way that the serpent, that Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert. So the son of man must be lifted up. What did the serpent came to do? Come to do? Healing. In the same way, what does it mean? In the same manner, just as Jesus was also lifted up to bring about healing as well. I'm not making this up. Just read the Bible. It's in the Bible. Jesus said it. If Jesus said it, I believe it. <laughs> that everyone, everyone, say everyone, say everyone, who believes in him may have eternal life. 
Now let me tell you. Not only he came to bring healing, but he came to bring salvation. But he said, in the same way the serpent was lifted up, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. The serpent of bronze brought healing to those who looked at it. Now what about those who are like, I don't need to look at that serpent. It died. Guess what's happening today? Many people, I don't believe healing in the atonement. I don't believe that. Okay, you might as well be sick then. But I believe it, and I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be healthy. Amen? Oh, yeah. you, you can stay sick if you want. If you want to stay sick, it's fine. Be sick then. Amen? But if you want to believe the Word of God, the Bible says, just as Moses was lifting up the serpent, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. So if I compare that prophetic picture to Jesus, which he did, then I can assume then that healing is for me as I behold the sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. Glory be to God. How many are getting something out of this? Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. I need to space it out because I'm going to be here tomorrow. Got great stuff Thursday. That's going to be uh, three weeks. So, but what I'm doing here is I'm building a foundation on your heart and on your understanding. For you to know what Jesus said about it. Because I don't want to bring my opinion into the matter. It doesn't matter what I believe. It doesn't matter what the Bible says. Your opinion is not important. Just keep it to yourself. Amen. <laughs> because if I preach opinion, that's my opinion, man. You know, it's not important. Now, if I preach the word of God, it, it changes people's lives. Yeah. It saves people. It heals people. When I preach the word without tradition of man, pe the results are going to follow after. If I preach my opinion, you're going to have the results of my opinion. Amen. <laughs> Which is not that great. But <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's continue. Just, just give me five more minutes. Well... Let me just build something for, for tomorrow. Proofs that God wants to heal today. I'm going to give some proofs that God wants to heal. You can write that down if you want. Number one, God has not changed. You can read that in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He did not change. He was so well known on the earth as a healer that even his enemies were expecting him to heal. Even those people that hated Jesus, they're expecting healing. They're like, you know what? He's going to heal that man. Why? Because he, that's what he did all the time. He was like, man, you know what? I'm going to heal people. He was like distributing healing all, everywhere, all over the place. People are touching him. They're being healed. They're bringing the demon-possessed, the, the lunatics, the, 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 the crazy ones, the, you know, the, the demon-possessed, the lame, the blind, the deaf, the, the, the leprosy, the le leper. They're bringing them, and they're touching them. They're being healed. So he, he was well known for that. Even his enemies acknowledged that. 
And the Bible says, Jesus Christ is the? Oh, hallelujah. He is the? So the same way he did back then, he wants to do it right now. The same level, the same power, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is with us. So we can operate, we can function in that level of healing where people are coming into the church. They're being healed by the power of God. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. He healed back then. He wants to heal today. He wants to keep healing tomorrow. He wants to keep healing next year. He is the same. And in the original, it says the same in every aspect. That's what it says. So he's the same in the aspect of healing. James chapter 1, verse 7. The book of James chapter 1, verse 7. And verse 8, talking about the double-minded man who, who cannot receive anything from the Lord. Why? Because he does not believe, he believes that he's wavering. He's unstable in all he does. Number two, God's word has not changed. So everything re I'm reading here, and I'm going to read tomorrow, and I'm going to read after, it is still valid today. It did not change. Number three, promises of healing in the Old Testament. So I'm going to give you tomorrow more scriptures like that of Moses and the Serpent of Bronze. There are promises of healing even from the Old Testament. You know, healing was in God's mind for a long time. It's not today. He didn't wake up today and say, you know what? I want to heal people. It's been on his program a long time ago. Long you were born, your healing was already here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in the Old Testament, we find uh, uh, lots of um, beautiful promises. Amen. Number four. We can read about healing in the Old Testament. Number four, healing in the Old Testament. Miracles in the Old Testament. I can talk tomorrow about Naaman, the Syrian. Number five, healings and miracles in the New Testament. You can find a lot of them in the New Testament. Oh, just read the book of Acts, the four Gospels. If you read the four Gospels, man is healing everywhere. Some people, why do you care so much about healing? Because Jesus did. That's all. That's it. People, some, some people, even the church, why do you care so much about healing? Because Jesus did, that's it. There, there's nothing, you know, <laughs> nothing deeper about that. Why do you care about healing? Jesus did. So I do as well. If it is important to Jesus, it's important to me. <laughs> if you don't like testimonies, throw your Bible away. Simple. Some people get mad because we post lots of testimonies and stuff like that. Man, I'm going to keep doing it, no matter if people don't like it or not. Many people do. Amen? And it blesses many people. So if you don't like testimonies, just throw away your Bible because it's full of testimonies. The woman of the issue of blood, what is it? It's a testimony. Blind Bartimaeus being healed is a testimony. The paralytic man I just read coming from the roof being healed, testimony. The book of Acts, full of testimonies. 
Testimonies, testimonies, testimonies. So why do I care about this? Because it's in the Bible. And if it's important to Jesus, it's important to me. It's important to Jesus, it should be important for the church. If the church is not talking about it, something is wrong. They got no faith for it. Amen? That's the problem. They want a gospel that is comfortable to their carnality. Amen? They want a gospel that, that, that is, 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 can appease to how they are, how, how carnal, how worldly they are. So when they got the true gospel of Christ that's pure and powerful, it, it stirs them up. So something got to change. Amen? So that's why people are afraid to talk about healing the power of God. I know it brings a lot of stirring in the church. So I want to let you know that uh, this is available for you today, right now. I want you to stand your feet right now. We're going to continue tomorrow. But this is just a simple introduction on, on healing and the power of God. And I just want to pray. It's okay. I want to pray in the camera first. I want to pray for those who are watching right now. And I believe that even by the end of these three weeks, God is going to do something in your life. That you're going to be step out in boldness to pray for the sick. Amen? Amen? Amen. Yes, 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 yes. It's not only for the church, it's for outside. Yes. I just want to share one brief testimony before we pray. I was in Oslo, Norway. That was last year. And I was coming out of a service. There was a lady that she was in the service, but she had to leave earlier. I didn't even know. I was coming out and I was on the street. And the lady was pregnant with a big belly. She had some type of sickness related to the pregnancy that was really, really terrible. She was, uh, uh, she was, she was uh, uh, pregnant with a big belly, and that sickness was preventing uh, 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 her uh, movements and everything. Was, it was something awful. And even the baby was at risk. So she, she, was, she had so much pain, she could barely walk. And, and people were like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And they were, we put her in a car. What do we do? They were like desperate because she couldn't even walk. She was like in so much agony and pain. And I came out of the service. First thing I said, you know what? Let's pray for her right now. Let's not call 911. Let's pray right now. I mean, amen. Call 911 if you need to, but pray first. Amen. Just pray. Some believers, let's go to the doctor. Pray first before you go to the doctor. I'm not against doctors. Go to the doctor, but pray. Come first to the doctor of doctors, Jesus Christ. So I pray for the lay, lay hands on the lady and say, in the name of Jesus, I command your body to be healed. I command this pain to leave your body right now in Jesus' name. Guess what happened? At the same moment, boom, the power of God came on all over her body. All the pain went away instantly in the street. That was not in the church. That was in the street. The power came upon her and said, I'm fine now. That's what she said. I'm, I'm totally good now. I can go home. So <laughs> she went home. I met this lady last month when I was in Norway. I met her. She, she came with the baby. She said, you know what? On that night, I was completely healed. Even my baby was totally touched. There was no risk anymore from that day when my, my pregnancy was completely fine. I had a tremendous, amazing labor, very quick, very blessed. I was blessed. Here's the baby, completely healthy. Since that day, I was healed by the power of God. Now, let me tell you what. Why did I do that? Because I've studied the word, God gave me faith for it, my faith was built, and I said, you know what, she's sick, let's pray for her right now in the name of Jesus. So God wants to do that with you. He wants to use you where you are and give authority and boldness to step out of your comfort zone and say, you know what, let's pray. 
Amen. And, it just, and, and I'm going to teach here how to minister to the sick as well. Uh, simple steps on how to pray for people. Not today, but I'm going to pray for you right now. So lift your hands to heaven if you can. Lift your hands to heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for everyone watching this right now and those who are here. Students who are hungry to see your power break out. Not only in the church, but break out in the streets. The power of God breaking out in hospitals. The power of God breaking out, Lord, in, in, the, in the businesses, in the schools. Father, I pray that you anoint your people with a fresh oil, with a fresh boldness. I just pray, I break the spirit of fear, the spirit of unbelief. I just rebuke unbelief right now in the name of Jesus. And that's release a spirit of faith upon the people of God so they will be touched. They will be vessels that bring about your healing power to the world, that demonstrate that Jesus Christ is alive today. 